Hey everyone, welcome to Making Music with Jake Haas, the podcast all about the creative process of writing and recording music. For this episode, I'm joined by a special guest, Camille Nelson. We talk about how she got started making music and she shares some of the stories behind the songs on her new album, Lead Me Home. Be sure to listen through to the end for a special giveaway contest. Also, for more episodes of this podcast, check out my website, jakehaas.com and the Apple Podcast app. While you're there, help us out and leave us a review. And now, on to the show. Here's Camille and I. How are you, Camille? I'm doing well, thank you. How are you doing? I'm doing super, because I'm so excited to hear you play later. Hey, well, thanks. Good to be here. And you, you play classical guitar and violin as well, too, right? I do, yeah. How long have you been doing that for? Well, I started, I started violin when I was about four or so. Mm-hmm. And then I was, I was a little bit of a rowdy kid. And the teacher was like, you know, we might need to give this kid a couple years. So, <laughs> so I started up again when I was seven and still play that, played that all throughout high school, throughout mm-hmm. college and things. And, and then I started guitar when I was in high school because I saw all my friends playing guitar mm-hmm. and it was my dream actually to play the harp. Oh, and wow. my sweet dad rented a heart for three months, bless his heart, and lugged that thing around and everything. And once I saw my friends playing guitar and I told him, I was like, oh, I love that sound of the guitar. It kind of sounds like a harp. And oh boy, he was so excited about that. He was like, it sure does, honey. So we <laughs> took back the heart, got it, exchanged it for a guitar. And right. then I've been playing guitar ever since. And it's it's probably, it's my favorite instrument, I would say. Oh, great. So you have... Six brothers and sisters? I'm the youngest of six. Youngest of six, okay. Yep, we're the Brady Bunch. The Brady. Three boys, three girls. <laughs> and uh, I think I read they're all musical too. What, what, is, uh, what instruments do other people play? Yeah, so I, uh, so my brother just next oldest, he plays the cello. Mm-hmm. He actually plays the cello in a group called the Piano Guys, if you're familiar right. with that. And then my older brother, older than that, plays the violin. And it was my dad's dream to have a family string quartet. So you can kind of see the pattern right. here. My dad plays the viola, so we oh, okay. grew up playing in quartets together. And every now and then we'll get together as a family and we'll play as a quartet, which is so, so fun. But uh, we all kind of play piano somewhat. The three oldest mm-hmm. uh, play piano really well, and, and we all sing as well. So my parents really influence music throughout our lives. So. Yeah, so I take it they you know encouraged you all to kind of develop that talent and uh what would you feel like there was maybe a little bit of competitiveness like you wanted to kind of outdo each other growing up when you played or not really (laughs) you know what you know it's funny I never felt that even Mm -hmm. even now like it's never been like a competition thing it's always been I've always felt like so much that instead of like this regular like sibling rivalry that you'll usually experience in a family I I feel like it's more supportive than mm-hmm. anything and we've all supported each other. And I think my mom started that where she was an opera singer and she really instilled that love and appreciation in mm-hmm. all of us. And, and so it was always music first. It wasn't me first, really. It was, it was just all about the music and not really about getting ahead. Oh, right. So That's great. So your, your album now is mostly classical guitar, but um, I was listening to your, your first album, which is First Words, and I, I noticed it's kind of a... Um, quite a different sound, more of a acoustic pop rock, I would call it maybe, or whatever genre you would define it. What, yeah. um, how come now you've sort of taken a different direction with your sound? Is it just, uh, maybe you played all along and you wanted to, I don't know, try something different with your next album or what, what caused you to, to, to kind of shift a little bit? Yeah. Cause there's definitely a big shift there. <laughs> it's, it's kind of more rock. That's good. Acoustic 
pop. Is that what you called yeah. it? I, I like that. Yeah, I, I would go with that. But moving from that to instrumental, there's definitely a big, big step, big, mm-hmm. big, big gap. But I, uh, I started writing songs when I was, when I was little and it was always a big dream to create a CD of those songs. Mm-hmm. And, and I finally did that in my mid twenties and that was first words. Mm-hmm. And then I began to continue to write songs and moved to Nashville and wrote songs down there and but I always have loved instrumental music mm-hmm. and I was influenced by you know some of the great fingerstyle artists Michael Hedges who kind of pioneered the whole fingerstyle era as well as Andy McKee which is a huge guitar guitar uh just hero out there of mine and Khaki King who played the guitar and August Rush if you're familiar with that mm-hmm. and so I I uh, just began to play a lot more of that style when I was in Nashville. I, I, I got in contact with Khaki King, started taking guitar lessons from her. And, oh, wow. And she really encouraged me to, to continue on playing more instrumental style. And I, I, just growing up playing violin, I just have always loved instrumental music. And mm-hmm. classical music was always playing in the home. And we would go on road trips and we would earn, you know, it, just our month's worth of you know, $10 salary, the most you can win or the most you can earn at eight, eight years old with my dad <laughs> driving down to Lake Powell and you turn on the radio and he's like, okay, kids, like $5, whoever, whoever gets the composer who wrote the song, you know? So, <laughs> so composer was all, uh, classical music was always ingrained in us and, right. and encouraged, I would say. So, but I, when I was down in Nashville and I started doing more instrumental stuff, I eventually moved back and then I, I started, I was talking to one of my friends, Paul Cardall, who owns a label, Stone Angel Music, mm-hmm. the local in Utah. And, and my brother was the first artist on his label and he had seen some of the fingerstyle stuff, some of the classical stuff. And he's like, you know what? I really like that. And I've, I've been wondering, you know, would you ever be interested in doing a fingerstyle, doing an instrumental album for us? And, and I was like, yeah, absolutely. I, 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 I just let my creativity run wild. And so that was kind of the natural shift is maybe more of an opportunity more than anything. Mm-hmm. And couldn't be more grateful to Paul Cardall who gave me that opportunity because I feel it not only was so, so fun, but in, in such a spiritual experience as well, but it also challenged me to take me to the next step musically. Right. So speaking of spiritual experiences, I, I read you served a mission in Switzerland. I is did. Right? Yeah. And that you speak... German, French, and Italian? Yeah. All three mm-hmm. of those? Mm-hmm. Like, did you speak all three of those during your mission, or did you learn them after? I did. I spoke all three of them on my mission. I minored in Italian before I, before I left for my mission, graduated with minor in Italian. And, 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 I, and so Italian is one of their national languages over in Switzerland. Mm-hmm. And the mission president was so great. I mean, he was so willing to give me extra time with my language study, you know, and he would throw me the language discussions or the gospel discussions in in German, Italian and French. And, and I, I love languages so much. And so it, it motivated me all the much more to learn those, but I, I've lost, I've lost a lot of the French for sure, but I've kept mm-hmm. up with German pretty well and, and okay with Italian. Right. But yeah. And then you actually went on to get a master's in language teaching or what's it called? Yeah. Yeah. Second language teaching. Second language. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're kind of a busy woman between your music and, you have a, another careers in in leadership studies. Yeah. But um, do you do much teaching with language? I did. I taught at Utah State for a little while. When I came home from my mission, I taught I taught there, okay. and then led their study abroad program. Went over to Germany with some students and had fun over there, which was so fun. But at that, I think that was 
the only year, oh, actually, and then I taught it like a charter school. I taught German and languages over there for like a year. Mm-hmm. And then I did document translation and court translation for a little bit. But uh, now I don't do much with language other than right. just talking to friends and things. So I, I, I remember when I took German in high school, and I, I wasn't very good at it, but our teacher was a musician, and I was a musician, who, and I you know, played a couple different instruments. And I remember him saying that, he, he was actually French and spoke German. So he was saying something like, you know, learning another language is a little bit like a musician learning a, a, a second instrument. You kind of already have some background in it. Um, do you find that's true as far as learning another language? Was it easier to, uh, when you already learned one, to learn the other? And also, I guess, with instruments too, learning, uh, having had a violin background, picking up guitar, did that help you out? Yeah. Oh, I've ne- I've never heard that. And now that is perfect, though. I couldn't <laughs> have like described that more perfectly because with language you have the grammar, mm-hmm. and you kind of have the structure that creates that language. With music, you have the theory and you have the chords. Mm-hmm. And that's right. When you learn that second ang- second instrument or that second language, the grammar is already there, and it's all about learning vocabulary and kind of how to put it all together. Mm-hmm. And then with music, you have the chords, you have the theory, and it's just a matter of finding them on the guitar, on the piano, or on the violin. Right. Yeah. So. You also do speeches too, right? I do. Yeah. Um, what type of things do you talk about when you do your speeches? I talk about the the main topics I talk about is leadership and change and creativity. Mm-hmm. And I, sometimes I talk about grief. It depends on the venue. I speak with this organization called Campus Speak. They're this great organization with a, with a host of fabulous speakers, but just going around to universities and colleges and talking about respective topics, such as, and leadership is a huge topic, right. especially just in the sorority and the fraternity venue or, or uh, world. And, but when I talk to businesses, I, you know, change and team building are the two big topics that I mainly talk about. Right. And then do you also play, um, play guitar when you do your speeches? I do. Yeah. I ask them, usually people find me and they say, Hey, we love how you do music. And I always ask and make sure, is it okay? I probably play like four or five songs in like an hour speech. Is that okay? Uh And they're always good with that because it's always good to switch things up. Yeah. Do you space the guitar pieces throughout the speech or do you put them all kind of at the beginning or end or how, how do you work the... The speech program. And yeah, work the crowd and everything. I, I usually start out with a song, kind of get everyone out of their chairs. Uh-huh. You know, do the hokey pokey. Not not quite, <laughs> but kind of just to get them out of their chairs. They, they've probably been sitting for a long time, whatever retreat or conference they're in. And and then I talk for probably about 10, 15 minutes, do another song. Ten, It's about every 10 to 15 minutes. Okay. That's, that's usually like a good, or what I've found, just like a good schedule throughout the speech to maintain like good engagement, good attention. And usually it's about that time where you hear, you might hear a sigh or so and you're like, okay, you know, so. Right. On your album, you, you know, you have guitar and then you have sometimes where you, I'm not sure how much of it's you playing the violin versus, I know you have some, some guest people. Do you play most of the violin tracks, would you say, on the album? Yeah. Yeah. Most of the time when there's violin solos, like an amazing grace or be thou my vision. I think there's a couple other places where there's violin solos that that's me. And uh, well, of course, Ryan shoot played, I, I'm not going to take credit for that at all. Oh, right, right. So, <laughs> he, so he played fiddle and mandolin on uh, come thou found of every blessing did mm-hmm. an amazing job. That was 
like the shortest studio time I've ever had. We planned for two hours. He was done in like 20 minutes. He's like, okay, should we just shoot the breeze? I'm like, can I get a fiddle lesson out of this? You know, so, so he was amazing. But there, there are little times where we played in, there was just a quintet playing in there. And then we stacked that about four times. And I guess there was a quintet plus me. And, but there's, so there's times when my older brother, Matt, who's such an amazing violinist, mm-hmm. he, he plays some of the solos as well. And so like just intermittently, right. just it's... with the string ensemble. With the arrangements, how, how do you decide, like, because I know sometimes the violin takes more of a lead role where it's playing the melody and the guitar is more of accompaniment, and then other times it's the other way around where the violin has more of a background role. How do you, how do you decide how, they two, how the two of them fit together? Yeah, I guess that, that's, that's a really good question. I think they both have such different sounds, like mm-hmm. the guitar and the violin. They both evoke different emotions, I think, and so... Whenever I thought of the song and the next thing, I thought, you know, what would evoke the most emotion here? Is it time for the guitar to speak? Is it time for the violin to speak? And it came pretty naturally, I would just say, as far as what would come, whether the, whether it was the violin or whether it was the guitar. Mm-hmm. And so, but it was it was so 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 much fun putting it together and quite quite a spiritual experience. That's when I I mean it was I was really super prayerful with each song and each arrangement. Mm-hmm. And so I think, honestly, it, through prayer, I, I was able to, to receive just some, some answers of how to arrange things and how to put things together. That's very cool. Just to give more context, a lot of the songs on here are, are hymns, or all of them are, maybe. Yeah. Uh, are some of them originals that you wrote yourself? Yeah. Yeah. Three of them are originals. Uh, Patterns of Light, Adelia, mm-hmm. and Lead Me Home the title track off the album. Adelia was actually written by a good friend of mine, Susie Brown, Susan Brown Ernie, mm-hmm. uh, one of my best friends I met in Nashville. And she writes instrumental music as well. And she grew up playing violin and guitar. And she sent me a track. She said, hey, you know, I just had this tune, have this melody idea. Would you love to use this for the album? And absolutely fell in love with it. And it's actually a lot of people's favorite off the album. So oh, great. thank you, Susie. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, and then you, you also, we talked about guest collaborators. You have Alex Sharp sings on um, Be Thou My Vision. Yeah. And so how, I, I was reading up on her a little bit. She's from Ireland, correct? And, yeah. And um, how did that collaboration work out? Did you know each other beforehand or did somebody connect you? or? Uh, God, I would say it was a miracle. <laughs> it was absolutely a miracle, honestly. Like it was, I think we have those coincidences that come in our lives and First of all, there's no such thing as coincidences, mm-hmm. but I think it was Gina Cook who said, you know, coincidences are just ways or just little evidences where God decided to remain anonymous. And that <laughs> there, so we finished the arrangement of the song and I was talking to the engineer and I'm like, you know what? I've always wanted one of those Celtic woman ladies to sing on the <laughs> song. I think it would just be so great. It's an, it's an Irish hymn. It would be super authentic. I love their voices. And he just nonchalantly was like, oh, they were in there. They were in here three weeks ago recording in the studio. And I'm like, what? All right. Like, pause. Get her on the phone. How do we get a hold of her? <laughs> and one of my friends, Jason Lyle Black, fantastic pianist. And he's a part. He's uh, on the Stone Angel Music label as well. And 
he he knew the the ladies and and so I contacted him and he's like yeah I think you should reach out to him so I reached out to Alex and I'm like hey you don't know me but I have this crazy <laughs> idea and and oh and that's the other thing we were under the gun it mm-hmm. was like asking her but not asking her like oh in a few months it would be like so in the next few days so <laughs> and I mean like the next few days she would have to learn a part well the Shane Mickelson who arranged all the strings and all the vocals on the album he would have to write it mm-hmm. and then I would have to send it to her she would have to find a studio she would have to record it and edit it and send it back to us for us to integrate in the song so she, so. So she recorded it in in Ireland in Ireland and then sent the files over to you and you put it together yeah wow. thank you to the blessing of technology <laughs> it's also easy nowadays right and so so she, you know, got back to me and she said, yeah, I would love to work on this project. And then I got the Shane. He's like, I'm like, okay, write out a vocal part. So we wrote out a vocal part in probably a matter of minutes. That guy's so amazing and fast. But so I sent over the part to her. She found a studio within a day and recorded that, sent it back to us. And it was on it better than I had even imagined. And it was absolutely amazing. And then we... The funny thing is we kind of joked like, hey, when you're in Utah, let's do a video. Or mm-hmm. when I'm in Dublin, let's do a video. And we're like, ha ha. But it was actually in Switzerland in June for what my brother had a concert over there. I was seeing some friends from my mission and uh-huh. things. And and I uh, was doing a pop-up tag talk over there. And then on the way back, I had to adjust my flight to come home a couple days earlier and the only flight that I could find was one that went through Dublin for 11 hours. And so <laughs> then I caught this harebrained idea. I was like, what if we what if we filmed a video in this layover? So I contacted Alex again, who I knew might be up for it. I was like, hey, I know this is super crazy, but <laughs> we're going to have to get up like at three in the morning and film this. She's like, oh, yeah, let's totally do it. I'm totally up for it. And the videographer got there. They lost all of his all of his gear. Oh, no. and, and I'm still in Switzerland. He, he got into Ireland a couple days earlier. He's like, I can't rent a car. And they lost all my stuff. And I'm like, I didn't know what to do. You know, <laughs> I was here like in the Alps, you know, not really knowing what to do. But uh, we got there and they ended up finding their finding the stuff. And we I was super nervous because Ireland is always cloudy and mm-hmm. always over overcast. It's gorgeous, but it's always rainy. And I we all just prayed. We're like, we have three hours to film this and get on the airplane (laughs) and by honestly by just like a huge huge blessing we had three hours of just clear weather it was just gorgeous just sunny weather and I had we had slept in the hostel for maybe 20 minutes you know before going there I was Uh curling my hair in the hostel bed (laughs) so I would encourage you to go look at the video go watch the video be that my vision it's on YouTube Alex Sharp sings in it but uh and just look how miraculous the weather is it's not sunny like that in Ireland it's not usually beautiful weather but Mm -hmm. You, you might see me close my eyes and fall asleep every now and then, you know, and <laughs> see my half-curled hair from my hostel bed. So you might get a, a funny perspective when you see it. But it was a really good experience. It was fun. Oh, it's fun. It's nice how those those things kind of, you know, work out sometimes. Yeah. Unexpectedly. It's <laughs> <laughs>
And then, so you, your brother also plays on the record on Come Come You Saints? Yeah. And yeah. so I, I take it it wasn't quite as big of an adventure to ask him to play, right? It wasn't quite a, no, no. <laughs> I mean, he has a definitely a, he, a really, really busy schedule. So yeah. an adventure kind of to, to match up our schedules. But right. he's always so willing and, and is super kind of him. So, so what, what, I guess what made you decide to have him and you just wanted a cello and you said, Hey, I know a really good cello player. Let's, let's. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I had this riff in my head at the beginning of the song. You'll notice how that is kind of percussive and uh-huh. it, like a little bit of just hammer ons and things. And, and I knew I wanted him on the CD somewhere. It was like, uh-huh. okay, what do we do? And we were both influenced so much by percussion when we were growing up. He's a true percussionist. I'm not really a percussionist. I mean, I, I just kind of fake fake it here and there. But when Stomp, you remember Stomp? Right. When that was when that would come to town, we went to every single performance because we just love 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 percussion. And so when I I immediately thought of him when I just heard of that opening riff and I could see I could hear some percussion going on from the guitar as well as the cello and just some some fun little things that I knew that he would just pull out of his head and so I immediately I was like okay this has got to be the one that he's on so right. that was fun that's cool Ryan Shu playing on Come Now Fount. Yeah. How did that come about, having him play? Oh, it, he is so great. So kind, such a humble, phenomenally gifted musician. It was originally going to be a poor wayfaring man of grief, and it was a really last-minute arrangement. I just, you know when you get writer's block, I'm sure I know you've you've gotten that being a musician, <laughs> and I just wasn't getting anywhere on this arrangement with Poor Wayfaring Man of Grief, and I had told him, I was like, okay, you're going to come in the, the studio, we're going to do Poor Wayfaring Man of Grief, and I just was getting nowhere, but then Come Thou Found just kind of came in a matter of like 10 minutes. I was asked to play like at a funeral in, in that particular song, and so in that arrangement just came up within 10 minutes, and... And I think he got to the studio and he was prepared for Poor Wayfaring Man of Grief. I was like, oh, we kind of switched it up a little bit, <laughs> which wasn't it, which honestly, which wasn't a worry to him at all. He's like, okay, well, tell me what song and we'll get going. But it, that, that was a really, that was a real spiritual experience because mm. it's a really emotive arrangement, which I think uh, really lends to what the lyrics talk about in that song. So, right.
Well, thanks, Camille, for talking to us today. Are you uh, going to play some songs for us now? Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to play a few tunes. Great. That's you want to kind of uh, set these up for us? Sure. So the, the first one I'm going to play is one off the album, Lead Me Home. It's called Near My God to Thee. And it's, it's kind of more of like a folksy arrangement of it because I think that we, we have our relationship with God just varies throughout our life. And I think God has such a sense of humor and he loves it when we, when we laugh and we have fun and a, a way in which we can become near to God is through our laughter, through our joy, through our happiness. So this is just a happy little arrangement of near my God to thee. This next song coming up, it's a track off the new album, Lead Me Home. It's called Patterns of Light. And it was inspired by a short video that actually Elder David A. Bednar came out with called Patterns of Light. And he talks about the various ways in which we get revelation from the Lord, our Savior. And in many of many ways, it just comes in various ways and various patterns. And so this song is written for that patterns of light. And so I encourage you to listen to it and listen for those patterns of light. Listen for when the revelation comes in, for when the light comes in. So here it is.
Last tune that I'll play, you know, it's around Christmas time, and one of my favorite, favorite songs is Silent Night. And but the, the, the reason why I love it so much, not only for its words, but its melody, but its, its history. And it was originally written for the organ, and the, the, it, was, it was going to be performed in Germany, and the night that it was going to be performed, the organ broke, or the organ wasn't functioning. So what did they do is they pulled out a guitar, and play the beautiful melody that we know is Silent Night. So I'm going to play you a, a fingerstyle or just a, an instrumental version of Silent Night. Feel free to sing along. Thank you. 
Camille, that was beautiful. Thank you so much. So uh, if people want to hear your music, where should they go? They should go, well, uh, you could go to Pandora, you could go to Spotify, Amazon Music, or you could go to Deseret Book. You could pick up a physical copy of the album or Amazon has those as well, iTunes. You have a, a website too, right? Yeah, CamilleNelson.com. We totally missed that. Okay, yeah, you can go there. You can pick up the copy and... And yeah, just thanks for listening. Thanks for your sure. support. And do you have any um, shows coming up you want to plug? I do have a Facebook Live event that's coming up on Monday. And, uh, but there'll, there'll be some more coming in the, in the new year. So go to Camille Nelson Music on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram. And yeah, we can, we can uh, connect there. Before you go, Camille, yeah. we're going to do a little giveaway. Right? Yay. And so we're going to give an autographed CD to of um, Camille's new album, uh, Leave Me Home. And this is to the first person who could um, go to Camille's Facebook page. Mm -hmm. This is your, your music Facebook page, yeah. right? not just your regular. And, and she'll have a post there about the podcast. And um, and what do they need to answer? So, oh, a trivia question. Trivia question. All right. So, if you listen to the podcast, so I there was a song that I was originally going to record with Ryan Shoup, and so all you have to do is just name that song. So, little okay. trivia question for so, you, and then you can get some free stuff. Yeah, love so the, free stuff. The first person Yay. to write that in the comment wins the wins the CD. So. Yeah. Well, great. Well, thanks again. It was a pleasure having you here. Yeah, thank you so much. Merry Christmas, everybody. Happy New Year. Thanks for listening. Mm -hmm.